0: Welcome back beautiful people. This is episode 85 of an untold narrative where we host uh, guests from all around the world from different creative backgrounds, whether they are in art, photography, design. Uh, I bring on people that I meet through the internet and today's guest fits that bill perfectly. We have Daniel Cocking of Laceless Design and Laceless Talent. Daniel, what's up? Where are you? How are you?
1: I'm great, David. Thank you very much for having me. It's a real privilege to to speak and be part of your platform and your community. Uh, I'm in Glasgow, in Scotland, in the UK, uh, and uh, yeah, like representing footwear here wow. in Glasgow.
0: Wow. I had no idea. So I, I yeah. thought you were like, I knew you were from the UK, but I thought like traditional, like England, UK, not Scotland. You're definitely our first Scottish guest. So thank you for joining
1: us. <laughs> Brilliant. You know what? There's actually a surprising amount of Scottish people in footwear. So Wait, really? Oh, last. that's
0: amazing. I'm super happy to hear that. Hmm. Um, well, well. Welcome to the show. You obviously have a a very unique background. Um, talk about kind of your upbringing. Like you obviously said, you're from from Glasgow. Are you born and raised there, and you just never left? Kind of talk about how did you? Uh, how was your upbringing? You know, what type of life did you live? Kind of growing up into trying to find a career path.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I mean, I was brought up in the north of Scotland. So mountains, outdoors, and. Um, pretty great childhood i would say like my parents were very open let me do what i needed to do i was that kid that was going out and making dance and being creative being outdoors uh you know so i think that set the stage for for everything in terms of what i've done in the future i've always felt released and free to try new things um but yeah i think uh yeah growing, grew up in the north of scotland inverness for those that know loch ness maybe for those that don't know loch ness monster that sort of thing um and then through school and then went into university i think is maybe the best best uh, segue into the footwear area i did mechanical engineering i'm an engineer uh that started out really like uh throughout my course uh was in a, all my classmates were were loving um engineering and related to oil and gas industry that's big in scotland or a lot of people would do Formula One cars or uh, automotive industry. That was the big output from our university. And To be honest, I chose mechanical engineering because my pals were there. That was it, really. My friends were there. It's as simple as that. You know, uh, I was all right at like physics and maths. Um, to be honest, my passion was, 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 was PE. But like, I didn't know that was a career, you know, at that point. And uh, went into uni because my pals were there and and noticed that all my classmates were loving oil and gas, Formula Formula One. I it just wasn't for me. Like I didn't like it at all. I was doing okay, but I didn't like it at all. Uh, so actually, like I, 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 in, in, within the first year, I already said to the career advisor, "Like I want out. Like this is not for me. <laughs> I want out. I want to go and do sports science. That's more up my street." Spoke to him for about a year, uh, and said, "Right, that's it." It's over, like, I've actually applied. I've got accepted into another course. I'm moving. And after speaking to him for a year, um, he eventually, at that conversation, pulled a shoe out of his bag and said, before you do this move, and he pulled out an an Adiziri Arios, and he says, my son, he works for Adidas, and he was an engineer in this course. And then he went and did product development in Adidas. And then, you know, he explained the job, and I was like, oh, my days, like, that's exactly what i want to do you know that's like spot on like he takes uh he takes engineering and applies it into product and a product that he loves i was also that kid that'd be sitting in in class uh you know drawing drawing football boots you know drawing predator manias uh in his in his workbook you know workbook so i just didn't know it was a career Uh, and then this guy described the career and and then that was it i was like headstrong saying that's exactly what i want to do i want to what a shoe engineering. I guess. Do you what, what it was.
0: What do it you think? Do? Um, be, like I know nothing of Scotland, so I apologize for my naivete. Um, but like I assume it because it's it's small. It's so I was I was born in Poland, and it's it's similar, right? There's there's only a handful of like Polish footwear designers out there. There's really not a lot, but it's because the country doesn't really like have a ton of like creativity, in my perspective, and they don't like show you all the different opportunities that are actually in the world and so do you find that that was similar in scotland where if it wasn't for this professor to show you this and really blow your mind uh that you could have just been stuck doing a job that you don't like
1: yeah i mean i think i think it's part of that for sure it's like I and mean, also what the industry of your hmm. country is you know our, scotland is is um, oil and gas that's that's its industry on the most part engineering driven oil and gas and um, footwear is not a thing I've met since being back in Glasgow I've met one other person <laughs> that's in footwear uh, and I'm, <laughs> I'm on the search like I, <laughs> I want close footwear uh, friendships here in Glasgow but it's just not the case everybody that has gone into the footwear industry and like I said there's a lot of Scottish people that's gone into the footwear industry they're in Addy they're in like they're abroad you know Um, so uh people had to go out of scotland to find that but maybe one day you know i'll, I'll be able to i was just about to to scotland and, you know bring it i was up just about to ask scotland. you
0: do you think that there's a there is an opportunity for you to really create a hub and like a an epicenter in in glasgow because i obviously glasgow's is it the capital is it the major city there in, in scotland like i i
1: It's the biggest city. It's it's not the capital. Yeah, so like that's kind of
0: cool, right? Like it's an opportunity to create, you know, something really special around footwear and and this unique, you know, ecosystem in your own country.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into my my background from a professional perspective. But uh, in one of the moves that I made, I set up what I know to be the first footwear design studio in Glasgow, which is that's amazing. super cool that's cool <laughs> it's like amazing to to speak about you know and there's only four of us you know we just are uh, in a uh, in a little space in glasgow but we all knew that we were
0: the only ones wow yeah i mean honestly being the first at anything in 2023 i think you should be super proud of that because it's it's very very rare because there's, there's yeah. too many people doing too many things these days um so so you l- let's go back a little bit so you, you you had that conversation with your professor he opened the doors to you know product design in, in footwear specifically, what year was that when you were studying engineering? Was that first, second, you know, kind of how far along were you?
1: Yeah, I, it was the end of the first year. Yeah, it was the end of the first year. Uh, and then, like, the same the grades okay, but it got a lot better after mm. I knew what I was gonna do. Uh, after I knew I had an end goal of where I was gonna go, they got a lot better. And so between, yeah, in, in Scotland, you second, third, fourth. Uh, and then you're in. <clears throat> so the second, third. At the end of the third year, uh, I did an, an internship with Adidas. And that really was the opportunity uh, that I needed to, to showcase what I could do and explore the industry. And that was my in. And then from there, like, it just kind of did, you know, went. And, and uh, yeah, what, 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 what greater education Did you um, could have, and
0: Did you have to go to Germany for that event. internship? How was um, – yeah. talk about yeah. – Talk about that experience, because a lot of the listeners obviously of an untold narrative are footwear designers, just because, you know, that's kind of my background and, and a lot of, you know, the people that are within uh, my ecosystem, but like not everybody gets a chance to one, go abroad for an internship, right? Um, but then to work for, let's call them one of the legacy brands, like Adidas, Puma, whatever. So what was that experience like? How long was it? You know, what did you, what did you take away? Like, was there like a key learning for you and... Um, you know, whether this was like, yes, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life or, Ooh, I like this, but I want to do it my way, etc. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I went, school, <laughs> I was naive, like, for sure. I was naive. <laughs> Even to the point of like, I think to skip to the end, I think actually, mm-hmm. my learning was how lucky I was, but going into that, I was like, and um, they, they said, all right, uh, you could have an internship here. They usually run for six months. Uh, and I said at that time, Oh, actually, you know, you know, the, uh, the summer is only you know, three and a half months. Could I do it for three and a half months? And it's like, <laughs> who's asking that question? You get a chance to do a six month internship. You do it, no? Um, but I asked that question, goes, three and a half months, can we do that? And he was like, yeah, let's do that. And to this day, like I, I was in Adidas for almost 10 years. I've never seen anyone do an internship that's less than six months, you know? Um, like that's an exceptional case. Um, mm. So I was very lucky, uh, I would say, to get in the door. That was a very naive <laughs> question to ask, but I did it. Um, and I was in the, the tennis team at that time, so I got given a project to that point. You know, tennis players were really uh, leaning into using sliding movements as part of their movement, uh, and they wanted to understand that movement in greater depth. Um, so my study was working with the futures team uh, of Adidas, the innovation team, and working with the engineers there to to test different rubber compounds to understand the traction elements of that, and then integrate that into design. So work that with work that with the design team to help them translate that into into something that the tennis players could use to define the optimum. Wow, you know, that's a player. So that's yeah, a that crazy was, that first was, project. Yeah, it's <laughs> a very cool first project, and I think like. Going back to how lucky I was, you know, to work with the futures team, that's connection point number one, to work with the design team, connection point number two, marketing team were very involved, connection point number three, like as an intern, I was spread to every team possible, right? So in terms of luck, (laughs) if you need it, I got it. Did did um, that,
0: whatever your discovery or your work end up coming out into the market for you?
1: Learnings of, I mean, I don't think you would have a direct translation of mine was an engineer solution, so design, translate that, interpret that, but yeah, it did. Uh, and I was able to take that project and carry it on in my fourth year of university uh, and do that as part of my fourth year study. So I was able to kind of continue wow. it or validate it uh, with athletes. So yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's it went that,
0: that, that talk push. about you know, Pretty maybe stuff. maybe luck, maybe not luck, but you know, what a, what a really special time for you. Cause you know, internships are really hit or miss a lot of the time. So, um, that's, that's amazing. I'm glad you shared that. And then you, 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 said something really, really interesting. You said you were, you were at Adidas for, sorry, a bunch of motorcycles just went by. Hopefully you didn't hear that. Um, you said you were at Adidas for 10 years. And so you, you went, uh, you, oh, okay. you did the internship, you go back to, uh, university, You finished university, and what did you do after that? Did you go back to Adidas?
1: So the day before my final exam in university, uh, I got a phone call (laughs) from this unknown number, picked it up, it was somebody from Adidas, right? And uh, they said, hey, um, so-and-so, you remember me? And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, and he was like, we've just got this opportunity in China and uh, yeah exactly right and he said uh, do you know anything about china i went nah not really uh, And he says do you know anything about fujo in china which is like <laughs> middle of nowhere china right i mean i think a lot of people understand or know where fujo is right um and i was like no not at all never heard of it and he's like well we've got this opening it's in the futures team it's in china and i need you to make a decision by the end of this week and you need to be out there in three weeks and I'm pacing up the university. Holy activity, shit! Like pacing up and down, just like holy, cr- yeah, holy crap! Like what do I do? Like I'm just <laughs> my parents saying, like should, should I do this? But <laughs> my dad's like, yeah, go for it. My mom's like, definitely not. <laughs> uh, and uh, of course, right, it's like I'm the youngest son, I'm the baby, you um, know. But in the end, I went. You know what? Like, just gotta go for it. You know, take these opportunities. I went for it, and. um I still remember that feeling when I touched down. You don't have time to think I was studying for exams right and then you finish exams and then you're there. Um, I touched down in Guangzhou mm-hmm. before uh, I had a couple of couple of weeks in Guangzhou first and then I just had this feeling like almost like heart-sinking moment like <laughs> what the hell have I just done? I'm here and the contract's two years and I'm looking around and it's like I don't know anything about this place and you're getting that feeling and you don't know what you've done but then as soon as you're into it you just like um, like the learning if anyone has the opportunity to to go and work in asia learning is exponential that's that's what it is the longer you stay the more you learn and it's exponential and you really get into uh into the depth of product product creation how it's made how shoes are built what can be done what can't be done why it can't be done the nuances the kind of secret understanding how sourcing really works and how to get your designs translated into real product i think that's that's some of the biggest things that you could you, you learn in asia but yeah an amazing wow incredible experience still think of it, it, it the feels like a dream
0: the guts on you man i you know i always take a little bit of a risk and a gamble when i bring on guests onto the show when i i've never met or talked to them before and, and then you drop these, this bomb of an experience on us and, uh, it's really special like that, that seriously takes, you know, a lot and, uh, good for you, man, that, uh, I, I, I think we're actually, we have a little bit of a problem right now with what we're designed specifically, I'll speak, you know, to my area of expertise is like people aren't going over to Asia. They're not seeing how product is made. They're not seeing all the different micro steps in the process. And there's this massive mm-hmm. gap of experience right now in the industry because nobody's going over there. Nobody's being on the factory floors. And so, you know, yourself, myself, you know, we are fortunate to have those experiences, but um, what, a, what, a, what a crazy, uh, crazy experience.
1: Yeah, COVID hasn't helped with that really. You know, teams are going, teams have been creating that for a few years and they've not been traveling. A lot of teams are just getting their first Asia trips back now, um, and uh, you know these these young designers just entering the, the the industry they haven't had that experience yet. Which, yeah, it's a shame because it's it's like those early Asia trips as a young creative, like they were <laughs> the funnest, you know, like they were the things that brought you the most joy, you know. It's like that's the that's the memory that like I really have of those early days is like after. Uh, coming back from China, haven't lived there, but going then back again, but frequently for development trips. Those are the kind of like joyous.
0: So you spoke priorities. of that two-year window. When was that?
1: 2012 till, till 2014. Um, and yeah, I had a really open brief. Like it was, I was
0: in the Adidas innovation
1: team from the sourcing side. So uh, they would throw concepts at me uh, and, and and say go make it happen and then leave me for a few weeks to go and figure it out with the team you know and um, ones like I think maybe to talk about a physical example is like the 0 99 grams the lightest football boot on the market but you know, it was brilliant brief because it's just like make a football boot as light as you possibly can you know and it's like you're you're creating a boot and then you're like cutting away some tiny component you're re measuring it and going, Great, we saved zero point two grams. Super. Right, next. <laughs> you know, and it's like <laughs> those incremental gains, like really incremental gains. Um and they they were the best, you know, and that was that was my focus project. I also did things like spring blades support basketball team and different, Wow. Different
0: I mean <laughs> That's so wild. Good for you. Man. Like, um, so so you had the two year contract. Did you did you fall in love with Asia, living lifestyle? Did you want to stay longer? I know I I've had a a former guest on who, um, you know is also an expat um from the United States, but he fell in love and he's staying the rest of his life. He said so. I assume now you're back in Scotland, so that that wasn't the case. But talk about your kind of experience living there outside of work.
1: Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I got got involved in a rugby team um, and, yeah, played a bit of rugby in Scotland, but as I was always just, uh, uh, but out in China, like, you're one of the big guys, you know, uh, you get to choose your position, you know, so, um, so I got, got involved with that, that sort of group of expats and Fujo is a small expat community, so you kind of know everybody uh, and it's fun, you know, like, you've got to travel around lots of different parts of Asia. Uh, for me, like I know a lot of people that have stayed as well like and, uh, they love it and you know Asia life is great it can be great and um, for me mm. it always had a time limit to it I always knew that I, I wanted to uh, I guess from a professional level I wanted to go uh, beyond sourcing and um, but from a personal level uh, as well you know like uh, I'm married now I've got two young kids and uh, it, it's it's somehow easier in your yeah home,
0: totally um so so you moved back to Scotland in 2014. Uh, 2015, let's call it.
1: No, I moved, moved to Germany. So at the end of my time in Asia, um, kind of had two options. Uh, one in Germany, running in, in Adidas, Adidas running. Uh, and then an almost uh, certain offer in, in um, Adidas, Portland. So I had the choice, Germany, Portland. Um, running team at the time, mm. just like smashing it, absolutely killing it. So that's 2014. Right. just coming out 2015. Energy boost was around like 13, wasn't it? Um. So like they just mm. had the boost. I guess that's it, right? So, um, boost was 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 hitting down and um, a lot of opportunity. Great team, like that team at that point. Adidas um running team at that that era was absolutely phenomenal. So super inspirational guys, lots of mentors within that team, lots of people to learn from. So I went down, us uh, running for a couple of years um, and uh, yeah, brilliant project there too, like um, actually this one, 3D printed future craft shoe, w- what a project to be on, um, was involved some of the models of ultra boost, not the first one, but the second and third, um, so that was dead cool. So yeah, opportunity to be in really big projects and work with incredible uh, people. Wow. Really I
0: mean, hard. so every step of the way, you've really just had these amazing projects and uh, people around you to, to, to really, like, rocket ship your career.
1: Yeah, I feel very fortunate. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, I always feel like you're only, you can only go as far as what the people you work for push you, um, So it, I've just been fortunate. Certainly in the early stages, I've been fortunate to, to have incredible mentors as bosses, and then in the later stage of my career, I've been quite purposeful, having learned that in in being selective in who you are.
0: Yeah, with. no, I mean, that's the most – the people around you at work are, are the most important, right? That's You see them more than your wife and kids. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. The people around you are super important. The teams are really important. What? That's what makes it. You forget sometimes it's what –
0: People. Yeah. Yeah. No. And brands forget that too, uh, unfortunately, but, um, d- yeah, what, um, true. out of all the years you work for, uh, Addy and, you know, your professional career, what did you have? Like one shining moment that you like think back on and you're like, Holy fuck. I can't believe I got to be part of that. Yeah. That one, the,
1: the, the, the 4d. Yeah. The first 3d printed. Yeah. So it was a it was a FutureCraft series, right? So the first 3D printed uh, running shoe, And it was as simple as like, it was as simple as going to a, 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 like a, one of these supplier fairs, and Materialize, 3D print company. They had one of these cubes, <laughs> you know, the cubes right? Like this going to be a 3D printed cube. And then like, us and the design team were like, we could put that in the middle, I reckon. So we did. <laughs> we came back and we were like, Gave it to the, the the 3D guy and was like, you know, fill this, <laughs> fill it with uh, with this lattice structure, uh, and then we are like press print. Let's do it. Uh, two three weeks later, had the sample in my hand, went out for a run in it myself. First sample made my feet bleed. <laughs> Second sample, we were like, <laughs> we're pretty close here. Um, and then uh, and then that was that. But I mean, that's pretty extraordinary. Like. To have
0: a Again, it's a, a, a consistent theme here. You're you're just chipping away at doing first in your lifetime here.
1: <laughs> I would not purpose really. Like just I mean fortunately <laughs> I would say like I've just been blessed, you know, I've been very fortunate. And it's the people around
0: me. Yeah. So so what's what's really amazing, Daniel, is one we've never spoken, but two, like you're known for the guy behind laceless design. Uh, which is obviously like a platform where you elevate other creatives um, and showcase their work, uh, primarily <laughs> on Instagram. I assume you do it on other platforms, but I have no idea to be honest. Um, what at what point did you go from? Do you do that full time? Do you like what, what? When did you trans transform your your professional career to, from Adidas to like doing this? Do you do it full time? Do you do part time? Do you have a professional job on the side? Like I have no idea. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, so, I mean, bounced around different categories and added Adidas running as much as I could. Um, and then um, got an opportunity to come back to the UK uh, and a uh, UK fashion brand called Six Silk. Um, I wanted to start an internal footwear business. That was a footwear studio that was based out of Glasgow. Um, set, a footwear, set up a team for them. Uh, and then it was only middle of last summer that I decided wow. to go full-time with Laceless. So laceless was like a passion project for, for years, probably from those early running days, actually, and um, it, it kind of stemmed from as a developer, <laughs> I love working with designers. It's my favorite thing, right? I'm inspired by designers, right? So as a developer, you just see all these amazing ideas come past your desk, but you know how it is a brand, like ideas don't always make it for whatever reason. Right. Some Somebody somewhere decides it's not, not for them. So it's a shame really, like as a developer, you're like, ah, oh, man, That's such a cool idea. I want to go make that, you know, Um, and so it stemmed out of that and it was like, well, how can we have a platform that Mm. can showcase and share ideas or um, have a community that inspires one another um, so that we don't lose any great ideas. So that's when we started kind of simply just reposting designs on Instagram. And there's great ideas. That's the filter. Uh, It's not a good render. It's a great idea. that's That's the filter for the posts, still is. Um, and uh, soon enough, you know, people start commenting, engaging, um, and we were like, "Oh, we've got some form of community here." <laughs> so we started doing competitions for them, and those uh, competitions went down well. And then, as I say, like it's been on the side for for many years. And in the middle of last year, I looked at it and said, "Like, I really want to do this full time. I'm going to see if we can make this happen." Uh, so it it was it still is somewhat of an experiment to to make this uh, you know full time initiative, um. But so far it's like super exciting. But
0: that's congratulations first and foremost. Obviously for for anybody who's in footwear design specifically follows Laceless because the the goal is to get featured. It's it's uh it's similar to you know I was coming out of college in two thousand thirteen fourteen. Um, where, you know, concept kicks, you know, was really putting people on in a similar fashion. And like, you know, there was a, there was a handful of these platforms, which the goal was to spotlight young and up and coming designers. Right. And so what's really interesting about what you're doing is even most recently with laceless talent, you're, um, spotlighting, you know, new job postings and you're trying to connect the dots and be this bridge, which brands actually struggle with um which is super fun to watch from from my perspective i'm not looking for a job but it's fun to watch from the background and is it is that a way that you're trying to monetize this like at some point you got to make money right like how how are you looking at it from a business perspective
1: yeah um, so i mean i think initially from a you know, what what brings meaning perspective I, I looked at it right and i was like well what what kind of gives me meaning That's going to be the thing that keeps it going, Um, and I love seeing, I love creating opportunity, trying to inspire some creativity. So I was like, well, how can we create a business model behind that? And at the same time, like my wife was a Mm. recruiter at Adidas, uh, and we looked at it together. I'm looking at her job; (laughs) she's looking at listless, and we're like, this is an incredible talent pool. Like, what could we do here? Like, what would and, and at the same time as that, we put out a couple of polls. Like it's very open source; everything that we do is super open source, transparent. Uh, and we asked what the key needs are in the community, and I love so many people are just trying mm. to get into the industry. And I've, having been somebody that's been so lucky to get and get my ends, you know, you kind of want to pass it on. And so we're like, well, how can we meaningfully connect designers to brands? How can we give and create opportunities and, and create that connection point? So. Um, yeah, I mean, from, um, I mean, jobs board, that's, I mean, that costs us money, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make us money, but, uh, but where, but, uh, I mean, there's other models behind that, 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 and it's in more, um, similar to a recruitment agency and um, where it's like contingency fees, where we replace designers for brands. So you can create business models behind. So that. is your, is your wife a partner in this with you?
0: Oh my God. That's yes. amazing.
1: Yes, she is. Yeah. <laughs> so she came in as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the moment, she, she, I mean, we've got two young kids, so, uh, she is the, she is the wisdom <laughs> and the guidance uh, I'm the, I'm the workforce. I can put the hours in. Oh my God. That's them. awesome.
0: What do you, what, what's your goal with it? Right? Like, what do you, what, if you had to like summarize that in a, a few sentences or a paragraph, like what's your, what's your mission and what's your goal with it?
1: Uh, uh-huh. I think that, the, the mission is um, to empower and connect designers, I think that's the mission, um, if, if you to break that down into a revenue structure, um, it's to operate like a recruitment agency and connect designers to brands, both in permanent so are and you- freelance. That's the, the sorry,
0: are you, so are you, are like you finding that young designers are sending laceless DMS or emails and being like, Hey, like, I'm really struggling to get a job. Can you help me out? Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: And then the, the, the the reverse side is that you're getting brands who are like, Hey, I'm struggling to find a specific type of creative to fit our, like our business and they're reaching out to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, mm. the design world's changing, right? A lot, right? So, I mean, I mean, you know it, right? Like, it's you've got 3D design entering the game. I mean, you've got AI design now entering the game. It's like the design world's changing at the same time if you step into a brand, you've still got, you know, the old school way of making, which is still valid um, and, and still very, very important in my eyes. Um, but you've got, I think the big thing is it used to be, certainly when I entered the industry, um, you have your designer that can kind of do everything, and now the whole thing's been fragmented into every sort of designer, and you've got every sort of niche. You know,
0: you—that's
1: mm. a struggle for brands, a real struggle. At the same time, um, you've got remote working entering the game. You've got um, like sixty percent of non-freelancers want to be freelance now you know you've got freelance entering the game how does that change the dynamics of a company um so all of that is very difficult for a brand to, to keep hold of and manage at the same time as that to pile on top of that is you know brands are hmm. able to meaningfully connect with uh, people they want to work with it's like there's a serious lack of, of authenticity sometimes Um where we can be that bridge we can be that voice we can help
0: brands understand you're a design. you're a you're a, a footwear design matchmaker <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, we in there. <laughs> yeah that's
0: 10-4. amazing 10-4. i love design.
1: that i like it i, I honestly I think it's a, it's
0: a more catchy kind of perspective <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. that's yeah. that's so cool i'm i'm super pumped like do you yeah obviously still within like you know more or less a year into it um you have a lot of growth ahead of you um is there anything like is there a message you'd want to give to anybody like you know listening to this or myself like how can we help right like you're just on your infancy journey right now and uh you're trying to grow this baby into something uh bigger and better and you know how can people help uh-huh. i mean i think from
1: uh i mean your audience is is often designers or freelance designers or designers of all sorts, I'd I imagine. Um, and we're developing a talent pool, uh, which is a simple login and a simple upload portfolio. And that allows us to, uh, when a brand comes and says, hey, we need to create uh, a niche talent pipeline or whatever, and we can quickly define, find those people. So I would say, one thing that could be really helpful for us mm. is to join that talent pool, uh, and hopefully, uh, in return, I mean, that's eventually helpful helpful for the people. Amazing. What's
0: uh? Why don't you plug? Go ahead and plug your um your uh, what is it? Website or obviously Laceless Design on Instagram. But um, where can people submit and create a, a portfolio and 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 add it to that talent pool? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I mean, they can go on lacelessdesign.com uh, and then there's a button. It's amazing incredible.
0: is there um one, one question i wanted to, to ask you is like you obviously have this now that i know and now that you've shared it to the world this amazing history of experience within the footwear uh world um is there a reason or have you been more thoughtful of like not showcasing your uh past projects and stuff like that but rather letting laceless as a platform speak on behalf of you do you like kind of being behind the scenes like because some some people like you know showing their work and like being very you know forward but it seems like you take kind of more of a uh, a kind of a hidden role in all of it
1: mm-hmm. I've, I've, um multiple reasons for it i think one reason is it goes back back to you mm-hmm. gives you personal meaning right say for me it's like creating opportunity um, and that's what others i should say i get real joy from that it really really excites me and um, so i think there's that element i think the other side of things is we're trying to build something that doesn't mm. depend on me so if i'm the face for it then it depends on me you know and um, we want this to be a community-led initiative and uh, yeah i mean communities often need a some sort of figurehead or steering uh face or whatever but uh i think in this particular case and uh, we want the community to lead this one, and we don't want it to be dependent on Dan Cark or Dan. Corkin's well, you know, story, if... you know, it's limited; it's finite, right? I think what I can do is, is finite, but what the community does is look. If you look at it; it's, it's incredible. What I think does. you're absolutely. Yeah. It's a far more uh, impactful story, I would say. Than, than no, I, I, I,
0: I love love that perspective. Yeah, that's so. True. That's very, very beautifully said. Um, but it's good to know that. That there is whoever is behind laceless design, just know you're in good hands and you have a ton of amazing experience. Um, Dan, this has been a lot of fun. I, um, I really didn't know what to expect going into this episode. Um, uh, you know, speaking to you, but I'm, I'm very, very, uh, rejuvenated and I'm stoked and I'm, I'm very, very excited for the future of laceless. Um, one of the, one of the closing traditions that we have on this podcast is I like to ask, um, people, to share uh and give flowers to somebody who has really helped them out because as hopefully people understand that we don't get to where we are without other people's support uh we have these you know key moments in our lives key people in our lives who's um who's somebody that you'd want to give flowers to and who's helped you along your your way
1: actually what I'd, what i thought to say was was actually I, w- I wanted to give flowers i will give an independent individual person but what, what i would say is i wanted to give flowers to all those guys mm. who are starting something you know all those people starting businesses or starting ideas or landing their dreams or you know like just trying to like they gave it this moment it's me as well and said i've been thinking about this for a long time now is the time i'm going to do it there's a lot of those people right now whether it's going freelance or it's landing a, an idea that they've had or starting a brand or It's a lot of those people, and they're just hustling right now, Uh, and it's (laughs) a lot of hard work. It really is, and I'm just like, I just want to be like, kudos, you know, like, well done, you know, like that's, like that's worth it, you know, like you look back on that when you're old and go, that was a brilliant time, success or failure, they will be like that'll be a brilliant time. So I guess there's kudos there, Um, and yeah, to an individual person uh, who's certainly helped me in, in, in recent. Uh, months with, with, uh, Laceless and how we can define and refine the community going forward. It'd be Tom Rushbrook. Um, somebody, uh, who actually I haven't known for that long from a time, maybe, maybe four or five months. Um, he's an ex Nike, senior director, and designer, like very, very, um, strong voice, but a powerful voice to me and how Laceless can be.
0: Wow. Coined. That's, uh, I, I, Love both those answers. Thank you for giving it a, a broader one and an individual one. Um, Daniel, this has been incredible. Again, like, thank you so much for your time. I know it's uh, late on a Sunday in the UK, uh, in Scotland. I'm stoked to check off another country from another guest uh, on this podcast. Uh, 85 episodes in, I'm still never surprised by the guests or I'm always surprised by the guests and their stories. Um, so thank you for 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 sharing your experience with, with us in the audience today.
1: No, thank you, and thank you for what you're doing like your your platform, your podcast is really inspiring I
0: appreciate that a lot to,
1: for sure.